Welcome to C. diff, spores, and more with your host, Nancy Kerala. We are here to discuss C. diff, healthcare-associated infections, and other related healthcare topics. Now, here's your host, Nancy Kerala. Welcome to the program today. We're so happy to have you here. And at this time, we thank our sponsor, Clorox Healthcare, for keeping our environment safer. Please visit their website, www.cloroxhealthcare.com forward slash Radio. It's such a great pleasure today to welcome our guest, Mrs. Courtney Jones, to our program. And Courtney is the Upstream Marketing Manager and Senior Project Manager at Rebiotics, a fairing pharmaceuticals company. And fairing and rebiotics are focused on harnessing the power of the human, human microbiome to treat debilitating diseases. Today, Courtney is here to discuss microbiome science, hype, and the future of bugs as drugs. At this time, I'd like to welcome Courtney to the program. Courtney, welcome and thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you very much for having me, Nancy. This is a great uh, honor to be able to talk today about the microbiome. Absolutely. And Courtney, would you like to take a moment, please, to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself to the um, listening audience? Absolutely. Uh, so as, as you mentioned, Nancy, my name is Courtney, and I am the upstream marketing manager and the senior project manager at Rebiotics. I've been with the company for about eight years now. Um, so I started out in the lab initially doing product development and, and working on a lot of the science behind the microbiome and now tell a a story about our company. So my main role is to connect with the different teams within Rebiotics and Faring and also externally to talk about what the microbiome is and what it does um, and what we know and what the future holds and what we could learn. And it's a really exciting uh, company to be a part of, and this is a really exciting project. And I also work really closely with my counterparts at Faring who, you know, really bring a lot of empathy for patients to the forefront, but they're also uh, an extreme innovator. And so it's a pleasure to be able to not only work with them, but also represent our viewpoints today. We are so glad that you are here and doing that, Courtney, and we thank you so much for your time. And Courtney, you know, the microbiome is such a hot topic in the news these days. Um, A lot of our listeners and a lot of our um, colleagues who listen in, you know, are really curious to find out more about it. So if you wouldn't mind telling us, what is the microbiome exactly? Yep, absolutely. So uh, I should start out by saying we talk about the microbiome and microbiota, and we kind of use those words interchangeably. So I thought, if you don't mind, I'd like to define those two first, and then we'll just move forward in talking about the microbiome in particular. So when we say microbiome, we're really talking about the living organisms and the things that they produce, like metabolites or any other things that the, the organisms put out that are all over us and all around us. So it's really the environment and the organisms and the, the things that they produce. Um, when we're saying the microbiome, that's what we're talking about. When we talk about microbiota specifically, we're talking about the organisms themselves. So if you think about the microbiome as a rainforest, um, it's this highly complex ecosystem that has a lot of moving parts, and there's lots of different living things and lots of different nutrients that are always circulating through. And the microbiota are the living things that that make up that rainforest. Um, What we typically hear about in the news and, and what's more common 
is when that microbiome gets disrupted. So when that ecosystem changes, and in my line of work, at least, the most common way that that changes is through antibiotic use. So it's basically, um, depending on like the type of antibiotic that gets used, it's like disturbing the rainforest. So you change the community, you change the way that the nutrients get exchanged, and you change the way that things happen within that ecosystem. And that's usually when we hear about it in the news when it comes to people. So um, it's a really interesting time to be part of this arena because we're just now starting to tie the microbiome and the microbiota within that space to human health. Um, and it's just a really fast-moving and, and quickly evolving area of science. Well, it certainly is. And thanks so much, Courtney, for explaining that. And, Courtney, how is the microbiome studied? Studied in the strictest sense where we all imagine petri dishes and growing bacteria or growing fungi or growing something on a plate that we can then see um, and count. Then we also have a technique called PCR which is basically looking at the genetic material within a cell that gets pulled apart um, out of the cell and read almost like a book, and that tells us what kind of organism we have in our sample. So without growing it, we can find out exactly what's in a mix. And then you have other people um, that are like myself and other groups that are studying the microbiome in the context of health when it comes to therapeutic options. So many people, rebiotics and fairing included, are trying to develop technologies that may be utilized in the healthcare system to be able to essentially change the way that people feel by working with the microbiome. This is a little different than um, something that would, you know, kill an organism or change an organism. This is looking at the hypothesis that you can take an organism and put it back and use that as the medicine instead. Um, So... You know, depending on which arena we're talking about, there's a lot of different ways to look at the microbiome. I think the thing that's really interesting to me is that if you take the Petri dish approach and the the PCR or the genetic material approach and the therapy approach, you're really looking at all of the different ways that the microbiome can be studied. Um, So there's different ways to do that, and I think it's, it's a pretty amazing thing. And it's really exciting because it changes all the time. So even 10 years ago, the technologies that were available are vastly different than what we can use today, um, which is, I think, makes it one of the most exciting fields to be a part of today. Absolutely. Thank you, Courtney. And Courtney, isn't it true, I, we read somewhere that um, as you age, your microbiome also changes? Yes, and I'm glad that you brought that up too uh, because this is obviously something that is near and dear to everyone's heart because almost everybody ages. Um, I Sometimes, depending on how busy the day is, I feel like I age a little faster than I should be. Um, but uh, in general, our microbiomes are not something that we just get and then it stays with us over time. It's definitely something that changes. So, When we're born, we get a microbiome from our parents. We get it from our mother, and depending on how we're born, whether it's via cesarean section or vaginally, can have different influences on the types of microbes that we pick up. And then as we grow and we age, different things happen to us, like antibiotic usage or the environments that we live in as we grow up and whether we have pets or not. Um, All of those things have influence on how the microbiome develops within us, and then it becomes a microbiome that we carry over time. Now, as we go from, for example, childhood to adulthood, 
our behaviors change, our metabolism and our bodies change, sometimes due to our microbiome, sometimes not. Um, And as we go from adulthood to older age, lots of other things change and we have a tendency to have to take more medications and have more illnesses. So the reason why I go on this a little bit of a long-winded explanation is that the microbiome is just one piece of our, of our daily health and what influences our daily health, but it's influenced by a ton of different factors that happen over time. Um, okay. Generally, if people are pretty healthy, it stays generally consistent, but you know, as I mentioned, over time, the microbiome does have a tendency to change. Okay. Well, that is so interesting, Courtney. And Courtney, do we still know, do we know at this time what microbes are in our gut microbiome or we're still researching all that? We are currently still researching it and I think we'll probably be doing that for quite a long time. Um, So, you know, depending on which tool you use to try to measure um, the microbes in our gut depends on what you can see. So, for example, um, not every microbe can be grown on a Petri dish. Well, that's really tough to know more about it if you you can't grow it that way. Um, So Mm -hmm. if we do PCR, it may not be something that we've ever seen before. So it's something that we can learn. And the PCR has different levels of, of specificity. So some of it is really general. Some of it is very, very specific. So you can tell the difference between one microbe and the other in terms of strain So it could be exactly the same type, but just have a slightly different um, lifestyle, for example. Um, All of these things are still relatively new. So we can't today, for example, say with 100% certainty that we know exactly what's in the gut, um, nor can we say with 100% certainty what everything can do, um, Mm -hmm. which I think is exciting. That's a little bit of job security for, (laughs) for those that work in the scientific field and trying to understand the microbiome. But it also leaves a lot open in terms of how the microbes that are in our microbiome and the microbiota that live there actually influence our health on a regular basis. And I hope that as time progresses, we do a really good job collecting the information so that people can learn from what we are seeing in both the lab and in clinical studies and then be able to use that to live as healthy of lives as possible. Exactly. Thank you so much, Courtney. Courtney, um, you had said, you know, what our microbiome does for us on a daily basis. Do you know exactly how we researched and found what does our microbiome do for us on a daily basis? Um, There's been a lot of different things. So, um, and I, I will fully admit to kind of standing on the shoulders of giants here when I say the things that we know today came from extraordinary research that has has been put out and continues to be put out by some of the leading scientists in the field. Um, There have been people that have been able to look at um, how behavior changes when people have different quantities of microbes or whatever medications that they're taking, how that changes behavior. Um, Sometimes they've been able to do this in animal models as well. So mice are a very good tool that is used in the scientific community to be able to assess what the microbiome changes look like in terms of health and and mental activity. Um, We also know from nutritional perspectives that different microbes process different things. So that is a really interesting area 
and the entire food science area of what nutrients can be extracted by different microbes and how that affects um, our ability as humans to have vitamins available, those types of things. So it's 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 really not one single approach, um, which I think is great because that means that we can ask a lot of different questions. But I think the best part, again, and I know that I say this a ton, <laughs> um, and we'll we'll talk about this more as the show progresses. Um, but the fact that we don't know everything today just means that there's that much more to explore. So you know, from our colleagues' perspective. We believe that there's a lot of opportunity um, to be able to find those answers, and so we look forward mm-hmm. to continue to working not only with the researchers that are doing the benchtop work, but also the physicians and the patients that are helping us understand just what impact the microbiome has on, on our day-to-day life. Exactly. And, and you know, Courtney, thank you so much for sharing all that information. We are going to pause for a commercial break. When we return, we will continue learning more from Mrs. Courtney Jones about microbiome science hype and the future of bugs as drugs. Please stay tuned. We'll be right back after these messages. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. To help support the C. diff foundation, please visit our website, cdifffoundation.org forward slash donate or call toll-free 1-844-4-C-DIFF. That's 1-844-367-2343. Join us in our fight against C. diff and help us continue our mission of educating and advocating for C. diff infection prevention, treatments, and environmental safety worldwide. Through your continued support, we can continue raising C. diff awareness and help save lives. Donate today. Visit cdifffoundation.org. Thank you. Have you done any of these things today? Exited a restroom? Entered and exited a patient's room? Visited a doctor's office? Have you done this today? Washed your hands. Hand washing remains the single most important task of the day. It takes soap, water, a minimum of 30 seconds, and a clean dry towel to turn off faucets and dry hands to stop giving germs a free ride. Keep safe from germs worldwide. Hand washing, number one in infection prevention. For additional information on hand washing instructions, visit cdifffoundation.org. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are listening to C. diff, spores, and more. If you have a question, please send an email to info at cdifffoundation.org. Now, back to our program. Here again is your host, Nancy Kerala. Welcome back to the program, everyone, and thanks for joining us today. Today we have our special guest, Mrs. Courtney Jones. And Courtney is here and is the Upstream Marketing Manager and Senior Project Manager at Rebiotics of Ferring Pharmaceuticals Company. Faring and Rebiotics are focused on harnessing the power of the human microbiome to treat debilitating diseases. Today, Courtney is here to discuss microbiome science, hype, and the future of bugs as drugs. We welcome you back to the program, Courtney. Thanks so much for being here today. Thank you for having me, Nancy. I really appreciate it. 
Oh, we appreciate you being here and, and educating and advocating for the microbiome and, and letting uh, our listening audience um, have a better understanding of exactly this new topic in the field of microbiome is. And, you know, Courtney, um, we know that the microbiome has a lot of microbes. And can you tell us, are all microbes bad or are they good? Sure. Um, and that's a question that, that we get all the time. And you know, just to kind of refresh a little bit what we were talking about before the break, we all have this really complex ecosystem of microbes and the nutrients that are around those living on us and within us. Um, there are some good, there are some bad. Um, sometimes the good ones are bad when there is more quantity of them. Sometimes the bad ones are not bad at all, depending on how healthy of a person is you are. I think we talk about good and bad Um, as if it's that simple. Um, And as we know, the microbiome is complex. So let's talk about a little bit about how microbes can actually influence our health a little bit more specifically. And later on today, um, you and I are going to get a chance to talk a little bit specifically about C. diff. Um, So I think this this is a perfect lead into that. So when we talk about microbes on and within us, they each have a role to play. Um, most often you hear about things that make you sick. Um, so if you don't wash your hands and you get um, an infection somehow or if you eat something that has a microbe on it, it'll make you sick. Um, these are typically what people constitute as bad microbes. This is not always the case. It's just usually something that um, has a tendency to take over. Um, sometimes we have microbes that already live in us that um, if they are taking over the space or if, they, if there's too many of them for a particular person can have a negative effect. Um, I think we just need to be careful about saying whether a particular microbe is good or bad um, because it gives a connotation that we have to get rid of certain things and that's not always true. Um, it's, it's just an interesting thing because we're also starting to learn this a lot through not only the science that's being done, but also the clinical studies. And we're finding that because of this complexity of, of the human microbiome, we have a chance to carry things around that have no effect on us whatsoever. But for someone that might already have an underlying illness, the microbes that we carry might impact them in a different way. Um, so I think we're learning that it, the microbiome and this good or bad status is far more complex than just simply assigning a couple of words to it. Okay. Thank you so much, Courtney. Courtney, before break, um, you were kind enough to discuss and explain to us what the microbiome does for us on a daily basis. If you don't mind going through that again, and, and how does the microbe impact human health? Sure. And, and I think this might be a good opportunity for us to talk specifically about C. diff because um, this is something that is relatively well-known and is also very near to both your and my heart, <laughs> as you know. Um, mm-hmm. So um, there, let's talk about C. diff as a microbe. So C. diff is an incredible organism that lives on surfaces and in the soil and sometimes within people. And in general, if there is another ecosystem around it to prevent it from overgrowing, 
is generally not going to do a whole lot to us. Uh, but if it has the opportunity to overgrow, it can do something such as producing a toxin. Um, and that toxin is the thing that ne- negatively impacts us. And if there's a lot of C. diff producing a lot of toxin, that is something that definitely causes illness. And in some cases, unfortunately, can also cause death, which makes this a really, really serious thing. Um, our microbiome, if it's, if it's undisturbed or, or we don't have an underlying illness that changes it, has a chance to just progress and, and move forward without letting C. diff take over because there are other things there that prevent it from overgrowing. Um, it's, it's an incredible feature, actually, that we as humans carry um, and our ability to essentially fight infections with the power of our own microbiome. Um, C. diff in particular um, is pretty tough as well um, because it also has an ability to hide from some of the therapies that are currently available. So, for example, um, it can hide from antibiotics and just and, and regrow after the antibiotic therapy is over. Um, this is an amazing thing, and it's, a, it's an amazing issue that, that we're really seeing. And this is where we think that the microbiome could possibly come into play. It's something that we definitely have to be careful in researching, and it's something that we definitely have to be careful with, that we do the, the right clinical studies to find out more about it. Um, but this is where utilizing the microbiome to basically outcompete C. diff could really come into play. Um, I, I think it's one of those things where everybody believes that it has the power, um, but we really need the data to back it up to make sure that it's something that is not only safe for patients, but also available for those people that really need it. Okay. Thank you so much for sharing that, Courtney. And uh, Courtney, getting back to C. diff as a microbe, um, you know, we, we treat C. diff with antibiotics. Now, the C. diff has already compromised our microbiome, correct? Um, the C. diff is a, is a result of a, a compromised microbiome. So typically, if you're a healthy adult and you don't, you're not taking any medications that changes anything for you, like antibiotics change a lot, um, generally, you're not going to be impacted by it. Um, now, there are special cases for that, obviously, um, so that's why I'm using the word generally. But mm-hmm. in, the, in the case of our clinical studies, for example, most of the people that we see that contract C. diff and get stuck in this cycle of recurrence are folks mm-hmm. that have had a negative impact on their health in some way, shape, or form. Usually, it's either antibiotics or a surgery or some other cause that has allowed their microbiome to change and leave a space open for C. diff to come in. So C. diff by itself won't necessarily be able to do a whole lot for most people um, in terms of damage unless there's an opportunity for it to come in. Okay, and then getting back to the you know recurrent C. diff with the antibiotics that we use to treat it, that in itself will alter the microbiome, correct? So um, antibiotics, anti means against and biotic means life. So these are some of the most incredible tools that medicine has developed um, over the course of human history to be able to adequately fight illnesses. And just to be clear, antibiotics do a lot of benefit for a lot of people. Um, There are portions of the population that get stuck um, taking a lot of antibiotics over the course of their lives. And, and a lot of that comes from 
you know, the fact that C. diff has this opportunity to hide from their therapy. So, you know, I, I want to make sure that we're assuring the folks that are listening that antibiotics are not bad. They're, fa- in fact, very good. Um, there are just some folks that get stuck in a cycle of taking them. And so they do alter our microbiome. Different types of antibiotics do different types of alterations. And this, in, in a lot of cases, is what leads to people contracting C. diff. And then right now, the current standard of care is to continue taking antibiotics to be able to treat it. Exactly. Now, Courtney, we can move forward and talk about information about the microbiome. Uh, can you guide our listeners on where they can go and find out more information? Sure. So, in fact, I would be happy if, if you wouldn't mind um, sharing a couple of resources with you after the show. Um, so, obviously, we have our own website, um, but there are also a lot of books um, that are available that talk about the microbiome in general and the ev- evolution of the science and understanding of it. There's a few that are more geared towards the scientific community. There are a few that are geared more towards the public. And then if your listeners have specific questions about the microbiome and C. diff, we've got a lot of resources that we'd be happy to share for that as well. Um, There are a lot of people that are very passionate about the microbiome and what it can do and what we're learning so far. And they've really developed some amazing resources. I mean, some of the things like um, Ed Jung has created an excellent book. Marty Blazer has, has created an excellent book. Um, and it's all around the microbiome and its influence on our health today. And I would highly recommend anybody that is interested in the microbiome and really understanding what we know and what we have the potential to learn to go and check those out. It's a, it's obvi- it's a very exciting thing, and I hope that if people go read these resources and check things out, that they'll become as, ex- as excited about the microbiome as we are um, because there's just so much to learn, um, and there's a lot of potential there that could really uh, open our eyes to a whole new arena of medicine. Exactly. Courtney, besides the gut microbiome, what are the microbiomes are there uh, for the human? Sure. So um, this is... This is one of those things that um, the human gut or the human microbiome project, excuse me, tried to answer. Um, And we believe that there were some areas of the body that were sterile and some areas that were not. Um, And so, especially with the human microbiome project, they tested 18 different body sites on very healthy people to see what, if any, microbiome um, community was present. And so... um, there's an oral microbiome, so there are, there are microbes that live in our mouths that help us start the digestion process for food. Um, these are also a first line of defense as part of our immune system because as you're imagining eating food or, or breathing or talking, there's things that are being exchanged to the air that we breathe all the time. There's a skin microbiome, which is really critical in helping us not only prevent infections but also in healing. Um, which is a, an incredible thing that our human body can do and that we're just learning about um, in great detail now. Um, there's also, uh, obviously, the gut microbiome. We're learning that there's a vaginal microbiome as well and that that might have a connection with the human microbiome in terms of uh, birth and health and later in life. So there's just a lot of opportunity for um, more discovery and a lot that we still don't know. 
fantastic. And that's a wealth of information right there because, you know, when we say microbiome, we think of gut microbiome and, you know, even we did not know that there were others to go along with that. It makes sense. And the Human Microbiome Project, it was, um, it's great to look that up too on the internet. But right now, Absolutely. Courtney, we're going to pause for a commercial break. And when we return, we will d- continue discussing with Mrs. Courtney Jones, the microbiome science hype and the future of bugs as drugs. Please stay tuned. We'll be back after these messages. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. To help support the C. Diff Foundation, please visit our website, cdifffoundation.org forward slash donate, or call toll-free 1-844-4-C-DIFF. That's 1-844-367-2343. Join us in our fight against C. Diff and help us continue our mission of educating and advocating for C. Diff infection prevention, treatments, and environmental safety worldwide. Through your continued support, we can continue raising C. Diff awareness and help save lives. Donate today. Visit cdifffoundation.org. Thank you. Join us on November 12th and 13th for the 8th Annual International C-Diff Conference and Health Expo taking place at the Hilton Boston Logan Airport Hotel in Boston, Massachusetts. To view the conference details and register online, visit the C-Diff Foundation's website at cdifffoundation.org or call the main office at 727-205-3922. Again, that's cdifffoundation.org or you can give us a call at 727-205-3922. 3922. Remember to follow us on Twitter at hashtag CDIFF2020. We look forward to meeting you in November. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to C. diff spores and more. If you have a question, please send an email to info at cdifffoundation.org. Now back to our program. Here again is your host, Nancy Kerala. Welcome back to the program and thank you for joining us today. Today we're here with Mrs. Courtney Jones discussing microbiome science, hype, and the future of bugs as drugs. Mrs. Jones is the upstream marketing manager and senior project manager at Rebiotics, a fairing pharmaceuticals company. Fairing and Rebiotics are focused on harnessing the power of the human microbiome to treat debilitating diseases. At this time, I'd like to welcome back Courtney Jones to the program. Welcome back, Courtney. Thank you very much, Nancy. You're welcome, and thanks so much for joining us here today. Uh, Courtney, before we went on break, um, if you wouldn't mind doing a recap of what does um, the microbiome have to do with C. difficile infections and the treatment of it? Sure. So so C. diff is a microbe that is in the environment, and as we talked about earlier, um, if a, a person's microbiome is disturbed in some way, it gives C. diff an opportunity to take over. So the current way that C. diff infections um, cause major hum- human health issues is by releasing a toxin that interacts negatively with the person, obviously, and this causes most of the symptoms. So diarrhea, generally fever and not feeling well, and it can be something that can also be really 
debilitating in terms of how someone feels about their daily life. These are symptoms that get reported on a regular basis. Um, and for most people, the best treatment that is available in the current standard of care is antibiotics. Now, antibiotics are a fabulous invention, and it's something that is really important to our healthcare system today. They do change the way that the microbiome is structured, and sometimes that change is enough to allow C. diff to continue even after antibiotics have been used. So there are folks that get stuck in a recurrent cycle of C. diff, and so there are a lot of people right now that are trying to come at uh, a possible therapy in a different way. Um, and this is through basically capturing the microbiome of a healthy person and putting it into the microbiome of a patient that is sick. And we're, we're seeing this starting to happen more and more. And it's something that's commonly discussed in the, in the news. And most commonly, we're seeing it for folks that have this recurrent C. diff cycle as well. Um, so there's a, there's a new paradigm that's being explored, and there's a lot to be said about the clinical studies that are currently ongoing for that. Wonderful. And Courtney, uh, if you wouldn't mind taking this time, it's a perfect time to um, discuss the clinical trials. Can you please explain to our global listeners what is a clinical trial? Sure. So everything that is used as a medication, um, with very few exceptions, if it's something that is available for physicians and sometimes for patients to purchase over the counter, um, has to go through clinical study. Um, and again, with very few exceptions, the vast majority of products have different phases of clinical study, especially within the United States. Um, and those are intended specifically to look at the safety and the efficacy of the treatment that is being put forward. So everything from aspirin to vaccines all have clinical trials that are critically important for understanding exactly what happens when a person who is the most important part of this takes a therapeutic. Um, so in the United States, we have preclinical trials, which are typically animal studies, and then you'll commonly hear about phase one, phase two, phase three, phase four trials. Um, so phase one through two is uh, generally uh, safety and efficacy. There's some um, patients that are enrolled in these studies that have actual illnesses, and so this is really trying to understand actually what the drug does. And then phase three are generally very large studies in most cases, right now, um, and I have to say that it is one of the most humbling experiences of my career to know that there are people that not only share our vision, even though they are experiencing a very extreme kind of life-changing illness, but they share our vision of being able to, to try to do something different and try to make different, a difference for patients. And they're willing to participate for um, basically trying to make more options available for people. So these clinical studies are what is required by people that develop therapeutics to be able to prove that what they have available is safe um, and that it also works. Um, so this is, this is what all of us fall under in terms of being able to have something available for patients and for us as people to be assured that we're not getting something um, that we've either purchased or that's been prescribed by our doctor that is going to be unsafe for us. Um, there's obviously a lot of effort that goes into this, and there's a lot of things that are learned, um, and there's a lot of things that are challenges along the way. 
But without these clinical studies, there would never be any change in our options for healthcare, and there would never be any opportunity for bringing something new to patients to be able to try. Um, so we can definitely talk more about the different phases if you'd like, um, but in general, everything that goes through the to be able to be accessible for people um, has to go through clinical study, and this can take years to to get to. It certainly can, and, you know, it's a wonderful thing about clinical trials because it does open up doors for options for not just C. diff uh, infection patients, but for a lot of chronic and uh, terminal, a lot of different diagnosis out there. So we thank everyone who works diligently and is dedicated to creating products and going to clinical trial with them. Um, And, you know, Courtney, where can individuals find out more about clinical trials in general? Yeah, that's a great question. So there are two resources that we always recommend. Um, The first is to talk to your physician. Um, so if you're somebody that is not feeling well, the, the doctor knows you best, um, and they can definitely help you find op- options to find solutions for, for your illnesses, um, especially if they're available and they're becoming, um, or if they're part of a clinical study, your physician will be able to help you with that. The other thing that may, people may or may not be aware of is that as clinical trials are run, Um, the vast majority of them are required to be posted on a website called clinicaltrials.gov. And so this is an incredibly useful website um, that if you have questions about a particular disease, so let's say C. diff, for example, you can go to the website, you can put in C. diff as a keyword, and then it will give you all the opportunities for clinical trials that are currently available. the, the clinical trials are listed there for transparency, so you can see who's doing the work and why and what kind of therapy is being developed. Um, and they also provide information about where the trials are being conducted. So, for example, you'll be able to tell um, if you're if in your state there's somebody that's participating in the clinical study as a site where you could go and, and get more information. Um, This is just a really powerful tool that is right at everyone's fingertips, so you don't have to be enrolled in a clinical study to get this type of information. It is something that is available to the public and definitely a good place to start if you have questions around clinical trials. Exactly. Thanks so much, Courtney. And Courtney, can you discuss and and share with the listeners on how rebiotics and fairing study the microbiome? Sure. And this is a really good opportunity to tie it back together. So as you had introduced me to to your listeners, um, you talked about how fairing and rebiotics have a a real dedication to looking at the microbiome and its possibilities. Um, Can this be turned into a technology that can be used by patients? Can this be something that can be used? Um, And in order to answer that, we're going through the clinical studies just like we we talked about. So... um, we are um, currently studying the potential of the microbiome in the context of recurrent C. diff and whether or not that can make a difference for patients. Um, so we have a couple of different technologies that are currently under investigation, and you can find both of those on the clinicaltrials.gov site. Um, but more than that, um, we have the clinical trial aspect, but we also are looking at how the microbiome changes over time in the context of our clinical trials. So 
this is a little bit of a different arena in that it, we're not looking necessarily for a chemical signature from uh, a tablet or anything like that. Um, we're looking at how this living content of our product goes into a person and then potentially changes over time. Um, it's it's fascinating to see, and we've been very careful about this to be able to also tie it together to the results from our clinical studies um, because we would like to be able to understand not only what does this do to the microbiome today, but what can it teach us about safety and potential efficacy and potential microbiome influences in the future. Um, so as we look beyond C. diff, what can we learn today? And I'd like to take just a brief moment to, to thank the investigators that are working with us but, and the teams that they have, because without them, we would not be able to do this work and we would not be able to share our vision of what we think the microbiome can do. Um, and I would also like to especially thank the patients that have decided to trust us with this. Um, this is an incredible honor to be able to work on this with you and the vision that you have of how this could potentially um, impact other people in the future is what makes the entire difference in the world. So we could not do this without the teams and without the patients that have, have decided to come forward for this. And it's a really incredible opportunity to work on a brand new arena of, of science and technology with people that are equally as enthusiastic and as it, in it as we are. Yes, and Courtney, we thank you, um, everyone here from the C. Diff Foundation for Rebiotics and Faring uh, for the clinical trial that is available. Uh, it's saving lives. Perfect, you know, it's it's another option for the patients. And, you know, we just are really grateful for everything that you, your teams, like you said, your research teams have done. So thank you for that. And before we go to break, Courtney, can you just explain to our listeners the placebo and the actual product? The, their, the biggest yes. concern is they're going to go into a clinical trial and get a placebo, and they don't want that. So can you explain at what point they would actually get the product? Yep, and, and a lot of that has to do with the specific studies that we're talking about. So I completely understand that. Um, and per the clinical protocols that we have, we have some different opportunities for, for patients. The challenge is, is that um, what is required for data is that you do need to go ahead and have a, a placebo-controlled con trial. Um, however, recognizing that um, we've done things in the past, like our one of our trials that we completed had a, a double-blinded aspect where Patients could either receive the active or the placebo, but for either one of those categories, if they failed, we had it as part of the protocol that they were assured a, an active treatment. Um, so while we do recognize that it is challenging to be part of a placebo-controlled trial, we, we hear that um, and have been able to negotiate an opportunity for that active therapy to be available. Obviously, there's a lot of, of criteria that have to be met outside of that, um, so I would have to defer a little bit to our clinical team, but mm -hmm. it's something that we've taken into consideration since the very beginning that the placebo trial is and being having the potential of being in that arm can be really challenging for people to consider. And it's something that we are very upfront about and we make sure that everybody is aware of so that there are no surprises in going into the trial because it wouldn't be mm -hmm. fair to the patients otherwise. Um, 
to not have that understanding of what this trial is about, what the design is, and those types of things. Exactly. Thank you so much, Courtney, for all the information. And right now, we are going to pause for a commercial break. When we return, we will continue discussing microbiome science, hype, and the future of bugs as drugs with our special guest, Mrs. Courtney Jones. Please stay tuned. We'll be right back after these messages. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Join us on November 12th and 13th for the 8th Annual International C. diff Conference and Health Expo taking place at the Hilton Boston Logan Airport Hotel in Boston, Massachusetts. To view the conference details and register online, visit the C. diff Foundation's website at cdifffoundation.org or call the main office at 727-205-3922. Again, that's cdifffoundation.org or you can give us a call at 727-205-3922. 3922. Remember to follow us on Twitter at hashtag CDIFF2020. We look forward to meeting you in November. Have you done any of these things today? Exited a restroom? Entered and exited a patient's room? Visited a doctor's office? Have you done this today? Washed your hands? Hand washing remains the single most important task of the day. It takes soap, water, a minimum of 30 seconds, and a clean, dry towel to turn off faucets and dry hands to stop giving germs a free ride. Keep safe from germs worldwide. Hand washing, number one in infection prevention. For additional information on hand washing instructions, visit cdifffoundation.org. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to C. diff, spores, and more. If you have a question, please send an email to info at cdifffoundation.org. Now, back to our program. Here again is your host, Nancy Kerala. Welcome back to the program, and thanks so much for joining us today. We are here with Mrs. Courtney Jones, Upstream Marketing Manager and Senior Project Manager at Rebiotics, a Faring Pharmaceuticals Company. And right now, while this program... Courtney has been discussing the microbiome science hype and the future of bugs as drugs. Thank you so much again, Courtney, for joining us. Welcome back to the program. Absolutely. Happy to be here. Well, we are too. And Courtney, would you mind explaining the next steps in science uh, of the microbiome? I know our listeners are really curious to find out what's happening next. Yeah, absolutely. So we talked a lot about um, what the microbiome is perceived to do for human health, and that's actually been a huge inspiration for a lot of different people and a lot of different industries. So um, not only do you have people like myself who are trying to develop therapeutics that would be able, at, be able to be available as medications, uh, but you also have people that are looking at the microbiome in the context of food industry. Um, you have the people looking at the microbiome in the context of agriculture. Um, I think it's just interesting that this has become such an opportunity and it's really growing very fast. Um, From our perspective, what we're hoping to be able to do is from the clinical studies that we just talked about is to learn what 
the impact of the microbiome is really on human health and then be able to move that forward into other opportunities for other disease states. So, for example, right now we work on recurrent C. diff patients, um, but we also are exploring opportunities in other diseases that are a little bit more chronic um, or are affecting different parts of the body and just really understanding the connection of the microbiome to the, the health instance that we're looking at. Um, we also see a lot of new technologies arising about how to measure the microbiome. Um, so I think, in general, this is a really exciting space, and you're always going to hear more about it. Um, I, also, I also heard someone mention um, the microbiome on a popular baking show the other day. So I think this is becoming part of our normal discussion, which is fantastic because it means that people are really picking up on the information and and really internalizing it and making it a part of their daily life. So that's pretty exciting. It is. It really is in every industry too. So this is really good yeah. news. And Courtney, would you mind um, sharing the contact information, uh, the information where our global listeners can locate uh, the clinical trials, learn more about rebiotics and furring pharmaceuticals, uh, and share all that great information? Absolutely. So um, we do have a website. Um, It is www.rebiotics, and that is R-E-B-I-O-T-I-X.com. On there, we have a clinical trials webpage that you can see all of the ongoing trials that we have. Um, You can also see our patient resources page, which, Nancy, we feature your team as well as several other resources that may be useful. I think the piece that is, is really critical here is that lots of people recognize that C. diff is an issue, so no one is alone. And we want to make sure that as much information is available as possible. So... Um, so we support the CETA Foundation on that website as well as, as several other resources, both for patients and physicians that are available. Um, and then also just to reiterate that um, clinicaltrials.gov is an excellent resource to be able to go look at uh, clinical trials that are available. Um, so there's, there's a lot of information there that is uh, really good for people whether it's a patient, a provider, or a family member of a patient that is looking for opportunities and options, that's the place that we always recommend that people go. Um, You can always contact us through the website as well, um, or Nancy, if you have listeners that that reach out later that would like more information, please always let us know. Um, We believe that education is a huge key uh, component to us being all educated and in the know as to what the possibilities are as a society. It's not just about us as a, as a company. Um, so that option is always open as well. Well, thank you so much, Courtney. We really appreciate, you know, like I said, all that rebiotics and furring pharmaceuticals is doing, in, not just in the C. diff community for the patients, but also uh, in the microbiome. Um, sector. So we just want to say thank you so much again for your dedication. Um, me being a survivor of C. diff three times, uh, but also a survivor because of a clinical trial, um, I, it, it's a passion. 
It means there are so many patients who've had recurrency diff who are here today because of participating in a clinical trial, and we just want to thank you for that. So I, I just um, I, I can't say it enough. So thanks so much for being here with us today. Um, do you have any closing comments that you'd like to share at this time before we close the show? I've got two. So one is is thank you very much for having us. I think the more that we can talk about the microbiome and how it's being perceived both from a research perspective as well as a, a therapy perspective is really important. And I'd also like to, to leave everybody with a little bit of homework. Um, so every time that you see something about the microbiome in the news or every time that we hear about a new technology that comes up, always ask more questions. Um, it's really important that we as a, as a society, but also we as a microbiome industry, are doing our homework um, and really paying attention to the information that's available. So I would, I would recommend, Nancy, that you and your listeners, whether it comes from me or anybody else in the industry, if you see new things come out, really dig into the story and find out what, find out more about it. Um, we see a lot of times that there's a lot of promise for the microbiome, but not necessarily a lot backed up by data. And we really want to make sure that what comes out for patients and what becomes available, especially when products become approved, because there are no microbiota-based products like this approved in the, in the industry so far, um, we want to make sure that they are well done and well designed and have the data to back up their claims. So, so that's our challenge and that I'll leave you with today. Um, so thanks so much for having me. Oh, thank you so much, Courtney. And thank you for joining us today on Seed of Spores and More. We are so grateful for your dedication in the research development and the health and wellness community, Courtney. And at this time, the members of the C. diff Foundation would like to thank our sponsor, Clorox Healthcare. To learn more about their products, please visit their website at cloroxhealthcare.com forward slash C. diff radio. We wish to acknowledge the organizations around the globe who are dedicated to improving health through research and developing new products to address C. difficile infection prevention treatments, protecting the gut microbiome, clinical trials, diagnostics, and environmental safety worldwide. To learn more about clinical trials focused on C. diff infections and recurrent C. diff prevention and treatments, please visit the C. diff Foundation's website, www.cdifffoundation.org, clinical trials in progress, and of course, clinicaltrials.gov. Help them to help you to help others. To learn more about upcoming events that you will not want to miss out on, please visit the CEDA Foundation's website. We send out our get well wishes to all the patients being treated for and recovering from a CEDA infection and the many wellness draining illnesses being combated across the globe. I'm your host, Nancy Corrala, with our reminder that none of us can do this alone. All of us can do this together. We wish you good health, continued healing, and a good day. Thank you for tuning in this week for C. diff, spores, and more. Be sure to join your host, Nancy Kerala, again next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time. That's 1 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition of our program on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. None of us can do this alone. All of us can do this together.